Good evening, godless sodomites. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of the Excommunication Station. This week we are going to continue our talk on mental health and how the church has handled it. And I have a special guest this week. Um, his name is George Azar. He is a very great follow on Instagram if you want to follow him at My Gay Church Days. Uh, he is coming out with a book soon about his life uh, growing up um, gay and also in the church and what he went through that. And I figured to have him on uh, not just to promote his book, but also to give us his perspective of what it's like. Um, because we left out purposely, um, because we don't have that perspective of what it's like being of the LGBTQ plus community in the church. So I figured, uh, what better than have somebody on that lived through it. So with that, uh, I just want to thank George for coming on. Um, great person brought me to tears. Um, we had a little discussion afterwards that was very fulfilling and very uh very special that i'll hold on to um but yeah enjoy it but before we get into that we need to do the most important thing and that is to pray so hold the hand of the person next to you and if you're driving let jesus take the wheel are y'all keeping the camera on me back there in the little video room good we're having trouble in the video room. There's no one finer than young Cox back there. And he comes down here and spends hours in that thing. But he has a little attitude adjustment that we're going to fix. Brother Cox, are you listening? Because, Brother Cox, I can fix your attitude adjustment. Now, I don't care what your mama thinks and your daddy thinks. And I don't have a better friend than your mama. But mama, you get out of my way when I'm messing with that boy because I'm his preacher. I'm, I'm yours when I'm talking to you. But I'm his when I'm talking to him. And last I checked, he's a grown man. And that video room ain't going to be a youth hangout. We might as well just fix this thing. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, son, you don't care about what I want to do right. Because if you loved me and you submitted to me, you'd know what my heart is and my message is, and you wouldn't go about establishing your own kingdom in the video room. So, actually, let's start off the bat and just talk about the book. Um, 
where where high and like why and how and why and everything yeah yeah it's it's such a good question i so during the pandemic i mean all of us experienced you yeah. know some sort of <laughs> hardship during the pandemic um i saw it as exhilarating i mean i i work in public accounting that's my day job okay and yeah so it's it for me it happened literally like right before one of the big deadlines and i was just like cool i can work from home i don't have to worry about community and all of that stuff um, and then just after time, it, it, it started, that loneliness started to sit in. Hmm. And I realized that, that, that there was a lot of unresolved business, like in my interpersonal relationships, mm -hmm. realizing that like my distractions were, you know, as easy as like getting ready for work and driving yeah. and all that. And that was taken out of the picture. And I was in my apartment alone. I had, you know, maybe a couple of friends that I'd make, you know, safe meet up with all of that. But I started to realize that there was this there was this internalized um, homophobia, if you will, mm. um, you know, just instilled in me. And, and so I started to dig deep into it. And it was around November of 2020. Um, I was sitting in the kitchen with my friend. We were having a bottle. Of wine. We had a couple bottles of wine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she asked me, she said, you know, babe, I, I don't know much about your story i would love to hear you know just tell me one story about your time in the church and i wrote uh, i told her about uh it's actually a chapter in the book called jake I, about this romantic fling i had with one of my housemates and how that got turned around on me after you know he was he was this you know charismatic leader mm -hmm. you know worshiped in the church all of that you know straight supposedly uh, but he and i would have these like what he called bro sessions and you know, so it, this went on for, I think, a couple months or something like that. It's okay. my, my memory yeah. vague. But I just remember that feeling once he had finally had a talk with me and he, you know, basically blamed it on my, my struggle with same-sex attraction and how, you know, he had done these with other people before in his life and da-da-da and all that. And and she, she looked at me, she's like, you need to write this out. This will help out mm -hmm. so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like, so that night after she left, I ended up writing out the whole chapter on, on Jake. And then the next morning with a blistering hangover, I wrote out a couple more chapters and I started to realize that a lot of that, that struggle that I was having, like, you know, up until that time was rooted in what I was taught, you know, not only growing hmm. up, but in evangelical Christianity, like I was, yeah getting addicted back on opioids again. I was, you know, spiraling out. I lost my mom earlier in the year. And so it was just, it was a culmination of all these different events that were happening worldwide and then personally. Um, and so then, yeah, I just started journaling it out over the course of three weeks. I ended up writing a full manuscript. Wow. Um, yeah. And it just, and I agreed with my friend. I was like, I'm ready to put this out there to help people. Wow. I, I don't, think I'd have the concentration to do that in a short amount of time. <laughs> like I've tried writing before and like I get like a chapter two into it and then I just like let's do something else. You know, so like yeah. I'm I'm we're 35 episodes into this podcast and I'm surprised I'm still like still like hey I'm still doing this. That's a good thing. But yeah. I love it. <laughs> <sighs> I've mentioned on here before that the the homophobia and that type of hate was one of the last things that got broken with mm -hmm. 
Mm. And it was the, I don't understand why that one was the hardest for me to get, get past. Mm. And yeah. yeah. And my, my youngest son, who's nine Mm -hmm. has already expressed to my, my wife and I that he likes boys. Oh, that he would like to be referred to as the, as they them, mm. um, which I still have a it, nothing with that. It's just my memory doesn't rem- remember me. You know, I can't remember yeah. to do that so all the time. So, um, and he's wearing dresses to school. Oh, and we're a hundred percent supportive of him and what he does. And. I just don't like I'm I think of like back then like even like 10 years ago like I don't think I'd be able to do that like Mm. have be have that open-mindedness that I have now and I don't understand why that's the hardest one to break yeah like like do you have any insight to that like I'm just like (laughs) it it, we've talked about it on here I'm just like I don't get it like yeah and it's got it like and you're saying that you're still dealing with it like at at you know this far along and it's like what is up with that one thing right. like right why? right well and that's the thing it's it's a double whammy i think you know especially like you know it was 1973 when um the a i always reference it apa the american psychology association anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, downgraded homosexuality as a mental illness but you know unfortunately and especially in this judeo-christian culture american culture that we were raised in and you know heightened in the nine you know the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s and all of that you know, the, it, it's, it's un, unfortunately that stigma is still ingrained in, in a lot of Americans' lives and specifically the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the homophobia that's in the church, I mean, the whole reason why I turned to evangelical Christianity. So I, I became a young Republican. That's how I related with my dad. And then I was wildly depressed. And my brother is also gay. He's older. He came out mm-hmm. um, around middle school middle school, high school. And I saw what happened to him. And, you know, my, my family wasn't religious. I mean, my, my dad was raised in the Episcopalian church. My mom was actually, you know, Roman Catholic, but wasn't really going to church, but being a byproduct of American culture and especially coming from immigrant family, um, you know, this, this idea was, you know, in, in the secular culture, it was that homosexuality can be psyched away that you can go to therapy and have it, Mm -hmm. you know, shrink the way. Um, and then in, you know, evangelicalism, it was, you know, or Christianity in general, it was pray the gay away. Mm-hmm. And so this, this idea, and then I think by, you know, the, the generation that we were raised by, and then the generation, you know, before that, and all of that, just this, 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 this hatred towards homosexual, just gay people in general, LGBT people in general, um, was really instilled in the culture. And so, Anyway, so I saw my brother come out and I and I was afraid that if I came out too, that I would lose my parents because then mm-hmm. I would because I saw how I perceived it. My brother and I talked about it recently um, and, and my perception is definitely different than his reality. But how I perceived it was that he came out as gay. They put him in therapy. He was upset about that and then cut ties with them. And I knew that my only lifeline at that time was my parents. And so. Yeah. 
you know, I was introduced to evangelical Christianity. They had a cure for it, you know, and, but that's a thing, like, especially, I remember this, this is, you know, this is the early 2000s and it's like, they were still teaching very much that, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah is all about homosexuality. It's not, yeah. um, you know, the, that Romans chapter one is, you know, it, it outlines, you know, homosexuality. It's, it doesn't like, I I'd actually have a chapter in the book that I explain that, but yeah. So, so it, I mean, saying like it was the hard and still is the hardest thing for me to to accept because, you know, you couple let's take out Christianity from it in secular culture. There were no uh, home. Uh, there, it was all hetero norms. There were no yeah. homo norms, you know, like there's yeah. no homosexual norms, you know. And so it's like, you know, on TV, like I remember watching the Golden Girls and the Nanny and they would bring it up and it was countercultural, mm -hmm. you know, it's like. But, you know, now and today you look at like, you know, like, like companies like uh, Blue, you know, Blue Shield and all that Blue Cross that have, these, yeah. you know, now these homosexual <laughs> couples, you know, and it's yeah. like, yeah. it's jarring because it's like, yeah. you know, like, and it's funny, I actually, uh, in one of the chapters of the book, I talk about belonging in this internalized homophobia, like, there's like, I, I was watching a cooking show like last year with my brother and this guy was on there and he was talking about how he's cooking for his husband, how he loves his husband. Da, da, da. And it just felt weird to us. And mm -hmm. we realized we're like, wait a second, if this was a straight man talking about it, we wouldn't, we, we, we wouldn't even blink. Actually, we would mm -hmm. probably find it endearing. So I think it's, it's this greater complex and social structures that, that continue to propagate, um, uh, hetero norms and demonize homosexual norms. And so, yeah, it's, I hear you on that. I, you know, you being a father and seeing, you know, your, your child come out, you know, in, in, in whatever, how, how they identify. Yeah. I mean, that we weren't taught anything about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think technology and the ability to reach out and find, communities and everything has definitely helped out um and just being able to relate to others have you know find empathy and and everything like that and mm -hmm. you know i see kids today where it's not even it's not even a big deal yeah you know i know i know it's not everybody because i'm sure you know there are places where it's not accepted but like overall the culture with kids is that it's not a big deal and okay you know mm -hmm. and that's great yeah. you know it doesn't matter you know um you can love who you love which is which is amazing um and there's a backlash that we're seeing now with you know banning books in school right um <sighs> you know i just read a long list of all the books that are being banned in texas right now Oh. And they're all dealing with race and sexuality, and and it's just like, all right, isn't you know, that, isn't that what they did in like Nazi Germany? Didn't they like burn yeah. the books or something? Yeah, like, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just they don't burn them anymore. <laughs> they you know they just they ban just them. ban them. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh. Um, so where what what type of church did you grow up in? So I was in, uh, it was like Christian non-denominational. Uh, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Like, so I was introduced to Calvary Chapel and then the, this, the pastor of the college group actually. So I was attending the college group cause I, I was in high school at the time, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I needed, you know, more, <laughs> more mature crowd, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, and so then the college pastor ended up saying that he was going to start his own church. So it was Christian non-denominational, um, and then ended up when I moved to college, I ended up getting plugged back into the Calvary Chapel system. And that's actually where I got 
um, my education, I, well, I started off in, in uh, Calvary Chapel and then ended up going to Liberty University. Oh. But yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Jerry like the fourth, fourth person I've had on here has been the Liberty. <laughs> So yeah, it's so funny because before I used to see it as a liability. Now it's an asset. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you been have you been running into a lot of people that are are coming out of like the Christian faith that have that you went to school with at like Liberty and like like deconstructing or finding you know finding allies with them more than yeah, so- before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually. So I actually did it online. So I, I didn't have a community there, but I actually just got recently connected with uh, Luke Wilson. He is, uh, he was in conversion therapy there for mm-hmm. four years. Um, and he actually has a class action lawsuit against the DOE wow. yeah. uh, with funding. And I just actually interviewed him and he's just a phenomenal guy. And just, but it's so funny to like, yeah. you know, I have that like connection. You're like, oh my God, like I totally could relate to that. They, they yeah. talk this and that, you know, it's like, different places, same shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to Christian private school until 10th grade. And then mm-hmm. most of the people that I went to school with either went to Liberty or Pensacola Christian college. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, I didn't though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stayed you. away. Yeah. My Good. sister, yeah. My sister went to Lancaster Bible college up here in the middle, in the Amish country um mm-hmm. but yeah i just i was like i'm not doing that so yeah <laughs> yeah 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 bad enough i went to the school that whole time i don't need to go my secondary education for that so trust but, me i try to drown out liberty university by getting my master's degree it's just like you know you, you're like what was i thinking <laughs> hey um when did you when did you first realize that you were gay and when did that how did that fit in with your family i mean you said that with your brother um i assume that they know now um so <laughs> surprise um, yeah yeah or not this is gonna this book is gonna Special be a big surprise <laughs> exactly so, yeah yeah actually so i i remember like my first gay thoughts you know they were like mm-hmm. So I, in, in elementary school, I was always around girls. I actually had a crush on a girl and, you know, I would Mm -hmm. flirt around and stuff like that, but it wasn't until middle school. It really wasn't until I hit puberty. Like I remember going with my mom to the store and like seeing like the muscle magazines and all that stuff. Um, But I actually had a friend. um, I, his, his name is Chris in the book. Um, He was my first kind of like exposure to like having homosexual feelings. Mm -hmm. He and I, so I was, wildly tortured in middle school and a lot of it had to do with my brother being at that school before me a couple of years before me and then and then you know kind of being his his successor if you will yeah. to the throne um and so just by name association alone i was treated you know they, they would call me faggot they would call me all these different you know horrible horrendous mm-hmm. things and I was just like, what is this? And so I made friends with this guy who was also a loner and he and I were like inseparable. And I remember having like a slumber party with him and just being aroused. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this feeling? You know? Yeah. Um, and then like the next day I felt so much shame for it. And I ended up, um, long story short, ended up terminating that, that friendship in a really horrific way. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up like you know, uh, making an ally with one of the, one of our bullies. 
Um, and he ended up breaching our alliance and, and started mm. attacking me after that. But yeah, I remember that feeling and then puberty hit and it was just amplified. And I, I would look at like things on the internet and, you know, it, it, I'll try to keep it PG. No, uh, I, I, no, but you can, you oh, can oh, okay, go, cool. go wherever you want with it. We're, we're open here. Okay, perfect. So I was looking yeah. at straight porn. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> Um, and then I was like watching the guy and I was like, why, why is this? And I like, yeah. I had like a secret journal where I drew like naked men and all of that, but it really scared the hell out of me because again, seeing my brother, it was just like, you know, what is this? Why do I feel mm -hmm. this way? This is, you know, in, in, you know, just the, not even the family context, but the cultural context, it was like, this is not right. This is not normal. There was no, you know, um, like homosexual norms in our culture. So yeah. it was like, you know, and, you know, we, we were made fun of for being gay. Like it was, yeah. it was a bad thing to be gay. And so, so yeah, I ended up um, just kind of, you know, hiding my feelings, like doing things in secretly, looking at certain things in, in secrecy. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, you know, if, if you want to say it, evangelical Christianity became my saving grace. Cause it was like, oh, they actually have, you know, a, a, a remedy for this that, you know, yeah. that okay. they address it, you know? So yeah, and, and then it just kind of un, unraveled from there. Now, what was, you, now you said you had, your family had issues when your, when your brother came out. Prior to that, were, were there any notions that like homosexuality was, was wrong or not accepted in the house or was there any like undertones of like any hate or discomfort or whatever with, with that kind of talk? Not really. I mean, my mom, I remember, I remember my mom being upset, you know, at times about, you know, hearing about gay things or whatever, mm -hmm. but there was, it was never my family, like, um, they, they were very, uh, traditional, if you will. Like my dad was very much raised around a, you know, don't ask, don't tell type of culture, mm -hmm. you know, or it was like, you know, don't talk about emotions, don't talk about feelings, all of that. And so, yeah, there really wasn't any, like, like I do remember though, we used to go to the Episcopalian church with my grandmother and there was a gay pastor there. And I remember, like, I remember there was like discomfort there. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when he stepped down and he had the, the, the woman lesbian pastor step in, we were like, enough is enough. You know, like we were just like, <laughs> it was a good, it was against our Republicanism, you know, all that. I mean, if anything, where I really learned the hate for homosexuality was on Fox news, like oh, yeah. watching, yeah. you know, Hannity and Combs, watching mm -hmm. Brit Hume, all, all of that you know, yeah. just that, that yeah. garbage, like this, you know, the gay agenda and, you know, just the, the homophobia. I mean, I, I think what is that this... agenda? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, so let me tell you the secret is <laughs> equality <laughs> yeah. being treated like human beings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've just brought that up just because I know growing up in my house, it was very open that anything homosexual or lesbian anything was was of satan evil uh terms were used that i will never use you know and like just open open hate you yeah. know so and i know that i you know the churches were the same way because i had a youth pastor uh openly out in the middle of a parking lot of a grocery store called me and another friend from across the parking lot the f word like wow 
youth pastor. Wow. Wow. It's cool. That's cool. Oh my God. You know, Hey, what's up? And I'm just like, yeah, right. Right. You know, and wow. It's just like, that's the kind of stuff that grown up in and like, and just like thinking that right now, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense why it took so long for me to break out of it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Like what, what did you, what was the first type of, I don't know, hate or anything you experienced like inside the church? Yeah. It, I mean, it was subtle. That's the crazy thing. It's it, when you step back, you know, like kind of like when like, mm-hmm. like I was, you know, doing the book and stuff, you know, it's normalized that, you know, homosexuality is detestable, you know, Leviticus chapter 18, like mm-hmm. all this shit, you know, um, and, and it just becomes part of the culture. And so it wasn't until I actually left the church that I was like, oh my God, they hate gay people. Like, you mm. know, it was like, because like, you know, it, I remember like um, when I was in the, when I was in high school and then went to the college group, there was, there was, and I write about this too in the book, there was a specific sermon um, that, you know, it was this big announcement. This girl was going to be giving her testimony and da, da, da. And it was secret, you know, it was, it was, it was drama. Yeah. I mean, the church is drama, but you know, it's, a, you know, you talk about drama Queens, like, come yeah, on, absolutely. like, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. um, but yeah, they were like building it up. Like it was going to be the event of the century, da, 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 all this. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Da, da, da. So then the the pastor gave like a 30 to 45 minute sermon before that. It was all on Romans chapter one about homosexuality and it being detestable. And Mm -hmm. this is like literally like, you know, I was probably like a year, a year or two into the church. And I and then, you know, hiding my homosexuality because I was just like, I, you know, I, if I ever came out, it would just, you know, ruin me. I, that's literally the start of it where it was just like, I remember looking at Romans like, oh my God, it's clear. The Bible is clear on this, you know, mm-hmm. like Romans 1, 23 through 25, like, you know, like in line with a man and blah, 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 and all that. No cultural context whatsoever, yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. lacked yeah. all of that. And then this girl came up and she was talking about how God had delivered her from, from homosexuality, how she was married now and her family loved her and accepted her mm-hmm. and how, how evil of a sin, you know, a life it was like all of this. But then these same narratives would just continue on no matter where I went in the church. Like when I, even when I went to this, the, you know, the, the church in, in college and where I ended up pastoring, you know, there was always this understanding that, nope, gay, gay people are going to burn in hell regardless. Mm-hmm. Like there was no there was no exception to the rule. Like it was just like, you know, and, and so, so yeah, it was just normalized. Like there was no, there was no, um, they didn't have to uh, like like make it obvious. It was just subtly in the culture that, you know, the traditional marriage was between a man and a woman, even though traditional marriage in the Bible is with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always found it funny that they'll do a sermon on homosexuality, but they'll ignore doing sermons on a host of other things that they would consider a sin. Yes. You know, (laughs) because you're probably talking to like statistically, you know, if you have a hundred person church, only a couple people in there. Yeah. If you're talking about homosexuality, but if you're talking about 
gluttony or mm-hmm. coveting or anything like that you're lust. talking about a larger yeah lust you're talking about a larger base yeah and you know you, oh, man. you well, just see the, oh, like oh, i'm just ahead. thinking of like of mob mentality and mm-hmm. influencing a group of people because you're not going to you're not going to get them to go for the you know they're going to punch down always and yeah. that's just that aggravates me you know yeah. it's aggravating me thinking about it now so absolutely um, so yeah uh they don't they go for the low swinging i was going to say oh, they go for the low, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, hi i'm sorry they do and it's it's just it's so easy to mm-hmm. take those scriptures and twist them to what they want them to say and yeah. when there's nothing there's no context there's no i'm sorry like i'm i, I like that's all i want to say is i'm sorry like no, I, like and i like i i don't know it's just like there's guilt there still so no it's yeah. you know it's funny because like i look at i look at like some of these pastors that you know use use the f word in their sermons and i'm like of course you are like of mm-hmm. course you're 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 a homophobe but like you know it, it, it like it it doesn't surprise me because it's like you're absolutely right it's like okay so well what about you know judging people wasn't mm-hmm. jesus like number one oh, like yeah. his you know like his <laughs> greatest insults were against the pharisees the religious people yep. who you know pretended they had their shit together but didn't you know like and it's yep. just so it's blasphemous like i look at like you know and i write this in the book where i'm like if jesus was to see not even just what's happening today, but what happened after the last, you know, four, you know, after in the New Testament, the last four, the gospels, like, like he would be enraged because it's like, his whole thing was like, don't create a religion. Like God is within you. Like I, you know, I'm not a Christian anymore or anything. And I I respect Jesus. It's just all these assholes that came after him, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. like how about you take care of the poor and what he like commanded yes. you to do and and how about you talk how about we knock it out of the park with like a month-long sermons of mm-hmm. taking care of the homeless yeah instead absolutely. of like shitting all over people that don't have the same rights that you do literally <laughs> you literally. know so <laughs> yeah yeah um and that's what's so disheartening is that it's just normalized, like, yeah. especially in this. And like, that's like, my heart is really to like infiltrate the South because I know there are a lot of queer kids out there who mm-hmm. are raised by these, these bigoted homophobic people. And it's like, it's like, this, this is their world. This is their worldview. So when you, when you're, when your only exposure is that, you know, it, it's very much, you, you know, you, you think of yourself as dirty. And, and so, you know, we talk about like mental, mental health and all that, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's, you know, people of privilege are people who are cisgender, heterosexual, you know, we could say, mm-hmm. you know, male and all that, but, yeah. but it, it, it's like, when you don't have to, in your formative years, deal with the attacks of, of your sexuality, like, there is growth and there is, there is there like your, your mental health is a lot more stable than somebody who is different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you're made fun of for being different, 
of course that is going to set people down different paths and in, in addictions and and you know multiple personality disorders and all of that because i'm not a, i'm not a therapist so i'm not going to yeah, say i'm yeah. diagnosing it. But, <laughs> but you know the lgbt community is plagued by people who don't know any better and if and, and not mm -hmm. even not knowing better are doing harm to people of that 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 are cherished and beautiful and valuable and, and and should have the same equal rights. Like, you know, look at this this um don't say gay bill in Texas. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. what like why can't a kid talk about their sexuality? Like, like that is absolutely absurd. And it, and it, and it's clear that you're doing it specifically for for a certain demographic. Oh, so yeah. it's like yeah. You know, like these supposed pro-lifers, like you don't give a fuck about life after after they've been delivered. You yeah. Know? And they don't really care about the the life that's actually in there. You know, they don't care about the person actually carrying that life either. Right. You know, so. Uh, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I I'm glad that you brought up like take like actually going. Looking towards the south and helping out people there and like just the book and your like podcast is, is, uh, you know, Instagram, it's an invisible community that they can have mm. and be able to find their way out where that wasn't available 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. they can listen to your podcast. They can read your book, you know, secretly or listen to the podcast secretly or, you know, whatever, and actually feel like they're part of something that wasn't available. So, um, yeah, no, I really, thank you. yeah, I, yeah, no, that's awesome. So it's sweet because like you were saying earlier about like social, it's like, I have a lot of qualms with, with social media, but the mm -hmm. one thing that I absolutely love is that this interconnect, like I'm connected with people now, like South Carolina, like all yeah. these people that are just telling me their stories. And I'm just like, Oh my God, where have you been? And, and you're absolutely right. Like, <laughs> When you're exposed to people that are just like you, like you, 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 it, it's all about, that's the thing. It's about community and belonging. That's mm -hmm. all we want in life. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's all I wanted in life. When I decided to turn to uh, Republicanism, it was to belong to my dad. When I chose to turn to evangelical, it was to belong to my family and a greater community that supposedly said that they loved me unconditionally, but there were a lot of conditions to be loved by that community. So it's like, yeah. At the heart of all of that is that is it's the essence of, of belonging. That's all we want, you know, and it's like when we start to demonize people and start separating by our differences, like one, it's an insecurity of obviously projected, but but they don't understand the harm that that has on that mm -hmm. individual and in, in yeah. isolation like. I could have easily become, you know, a, like, as I uh, mentioned earlier, like I, I got addicted to opioids while I was in college, I could have easily gone down that road, but, you know, because of, because of mental health services, seeing a therapist, seeing energy healers, like all of this and, and being able to dive into my own past and mm -hmm. then to be able to manifest this into a book to be able to help others, like, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Like on, on, on our episodes about mental health, um, I purposely made it a point that we were going to leave the LGBTQ plus community out of those discussions mm. because of what you said, that there's another dynamic to it mm. that I don't understand. And that, you know, one of our other hosts, Chrissy, she doesn't understand, you know, just because we haven't lived that experience. Yeah. So 
not just from you, but from the stories you've heard, what does that, what does that do to a child? And this is going to be really sad, so, mm. no, um, but, but what does that do to a child growing up where they're questioning their own sexuality or they don't know what it is and mm. being, I don't know. I mean, there's different ways that the church has handled that, you know, abuse and, or, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, praying and pray the gay away, you know, even as little right. kids praying over them, you know, there's right. a whole wide gamut of abuse, but what the, what does that do to a child that, that I wouldn't understand? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, when, it, you know, and kind of referencing back to the to the the social norms. When your world around you is is completely different than the world within you, there's a lot of fear there. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like because you're like, wait, I'm different. And then and then you add that that thing that makes you different is actually an abomination. Like mm-hmm. that just creates a psychological dysmorphia that that just spirals people in in you know, it's like, it's like, we think about it, you know, it's like with kids, like, and not being able to have that, like their, their brains are developing, like they're, they're coming into themselves. And so when you're told that a part of your identity is actually not an identity, it's a flaw. It's, Mm -hmm. it's something that's wrong, you know, and then, and then you prescribe, you know, Jesus and, and praying the gay away and all of that. I mean, it, it honestly, it, 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 it makes no surprise that, you know, there are organizations like the Trevor Project, which is a beneficiary of, of the proceeds from my book. Donated to them. I love them. <laughs> they're amazing. Absolutely they love just, them. You know, and they're doing God's work. They're the ones that are stepping in and saying, mm-hmm. look, you can talk to somebody who is, who, who understands you, you know, like that's the thing. It's like when, when you don't understand who you are and what's going on in your body, and then, and then you're told that what is actually going on is sinful, like that, that is just, it's just fucked up, you know? And so like, I think what, what, what ends up happening is that, you know, those, those things that we start to deny about ourselves, they, they get hidden in the shadows and then they manifest in different forms. And whether it's, you know, it's, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's suicidal thoughts. I, I struggled with all, I struggled mm-hmm. and still struggle with all those. I'm currently on an SSRI. I'm very open about Me that, too. you know? <laughs> yeah. You we, know, we, like, we, yeah. we, it, uh, you can listen to if you want to listen to any of our episodes especially like the last couple ones Mm. we talk about our abuse our uh, specific stories Mm. about our abuse about um about the type of medication we take and why we take it and what diagnosis we have i'm bipolar 2 cptsd Mm. um we're very open about that so as a straight male, I was told a lot of things were sinful, especially when you're growing up and sex, sex is coming into play. Mm-hmm. What does that do to somebody to be told that you're an abomination? It's absolutely, dis- it's uh, honestly, 
I think it's child abuse. Like, honestly, because if like, I think, I think like my personal beliefs on the, on the, the, the idea of salvation and, you know, the, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the whole premise of sin and abomination, and all that is literally it's abuse. It's, you know, it's like in what other context would we be okay where somebody says to us that we are dirty and rotten sinners. Um, and, and, and I, and, and they're the only ones who can save us like mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, it's manipulative, it's manipulative, it's disgusting, it's evil. I will say it's evil. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, you know, when, when I like, when I was growing up and before I heard the term same sex attraction, I identified with being an abomination. And so I would find myself like literally laid out on the floor in high school at, you know, at during worship, you know, and just crying my eyes out, mm-hmm. not no one really knowing what was going inside of me, because if I did expose that, like, that's, that's the thing, like, the association of homosexuality with pedophilia and bestiality. I was going to go. That was, that was the next thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to talk about it, but I know we had, no, to, it's, we had to go there. Cause it's, all, it's all part of abuse uh, yeah. and, and hurting, hurting yeah. people. Um, Absolutely. It, it's funny because I remember, you know, when I first, so I like, I tried to come out, you know, as, as praying, you know, to pray the gay, gay away after I heard that woman's story in the church mm-hmm. And I, I talked to someone and we went to like the children's ministry area, ironically. And I told this guy and, you know, mind you, I'm 14, 15 years old. And like, he literally looked like a deer in headlights. And then that's, I could literally, like, I don't remember what he said or all I remember is how he reacted. And I literally just like, I I closed up after that. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm never talking about this ever again, you know, and then, and then when they were associating it with pedophilia and bestiality, I had, I had somebody in the youth group who came up to me one time and admitted to me that he struggled with bestiality and like, and explained it to me. And I literally was like, I do not identify with this in any way, shape or form. How is my Mm. sin tied in with this, let alone having, you know, any, any attraction towards children, you know? And so like, I remember like, having those associated, well, specifically pedophilia, I remember always having to tiptoe around because it wasn't that, you know, obviously like I don't struggle with that, but like yeah, people having the perception when they find out that you struggle with same-sex attraction, they instantly think that you're, you're a pedophile. And so yeah. like- They're coming I after have, the kids, yeah. Right, yeah. literally, yeah. literally. Like I would always watch myself, you know, be like, look, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near, you know, like, and, and, and it, it was just so ridiculous. It was so mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. And so like, I mean, that, that on top of, you know, the, the self-hate and then having this association and especially in the context of like, I'm praying this away, you know, I'm praying yeah. away homosexuality. Like it just, it, it, it was just a, a cesspool of, of, of evilness. I'm just going to say evil that that's what it was. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only connotation that I, the, I can think of that um, abomination is used is in i think daniel where it's the abomination that causes desolation Mm. which is which they use to refer to like in the end times like antichrist or or something along those lines so when you say that somebody's an abomination you're you're automatically associating them with something that can't be saved something that can't be redeemed something that cannot be forgiven yeah yeah 
And what's funny about that is that they, one, they teach you it's a, it's a environmental issue, meaning that, you know, you had either a, a over domineering or passive father or an over oh, yeah. domineering yeah. mother, but yeah. then it's like, oh, but then also you have this, the abomination aspect of it. It's like, so, okay. So God put me in a situation that would have turned me gay. And so then there's no hope for me. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, <laughs> It's just, it, it's absolutely, it's asinine. It really is. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And like, I'm, I'm just like you, you bringing that up. I'm just thinking of all the times, like I heard the ad association between homosexuality and then now it's even with trans people right. and, and that they're, they're Perverts. pedophiles, right. they're going to, they're going to automatically go in the women's room and do god knows what to whoever and it's just right. like no none of that's like that doesn't what are we talking about you know but and if anything just, these pastors are doing that you know absolutely. these straight pastors are touching children and straight, you straight know. pastors yeah exactly yeah, supposedly yeah yeah, yeah. 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 um <sighs> so how is the okay the abuse happens how's how is the best way for somebody in this position of they are they have a different attraction than other people or they feel like they're uh, you know they're in a different body or they were assigned something different they should have been something different how do they how do they get out of that situation um with the least amount of collateral damage along the way you know the number one thing is stay true to yourself like i and 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 find people to learn from their from from their experiences like i was 27 when i came out oh 27 29 between that age you know and it's like because i was i was in a community that that told me gave me conditions on how to be in order to be accepted by them and then you know, and, it, and it's fearful. I mean, it's, you know, to, exactly. Whether it's your family or it's your friends or whatever, if they are destructive to what your identity is, get the fuck away. You know, it's like, yeah. it's easier said than done, especially if you're a minor, you know, it's, it's hard because oh, you know, yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, you're, you know, you're in a situation where you're, you're dependent, but as soon as you can get away from that environment, get out of it and stay true to yourself, you know, and, and find people that are like-minded like that. And again, that's the whole reason why I wrote this book is because it's like, look, I did 20, you know, 25 years of this, you know, well, you know, I wasn't in the ministry for that long, yeah. but yeah. you know, 25 was really when I started to break away from the church and when I started to, you know, find my own thing. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. There's, there's so many resources out there. There's, you know, the Trevor project, there's social media, there's, there's people who, who believe in, in, in what you believe in. And so I think that's ultimate what it's, it's staying true to yourself, loving yourself enough to say that, this supposed love that this other person is trying to say that they have for you, if they don't accept you for who you are, it's not love, hun. Like yeah. it isn't, it's mm -hmm. conditional. And it's, and, and so being able to separate from that and staying true to your identity and finding those, those people that will, you know, whether it be on, you know, secret in secret or, or out loud, just, just, yeah, stay, stay true to yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Um, what's your what's your next goal after this book becomes a nationwide bestseller 
<laughs> oh, thank you. I, I hope so. I hope so. And, and only for the sake of, of really just, you know, people just to hear the yeah. message. Um, I, I want to do book tours. I want to do speaking engagements. I want to be out there. I want, I want to be, I have the blog, I have the podcast. I want to amplify LGBT voices. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's for me, like, you know, I like my day job. I don't love it. Like, this is what I like the whole reason why I went into the ministry, why I became a, you know, the outreach pastor was because I was helping people. And I know Mm -hmm. that that's, so that's a thing. Like, I, I think if something to take away from this is that, you know, your motives may be pure, you know, and, and, and cherish that. So like I glean from my time in the church and I'm like, well, no, like I started, you know, this outreach ministry. I was the, I was the new outreach pastor. It was the first time ever. So I started this elderly care. I, you know, I did juvenile hall ministry. I did all these things. And even though my motive was, was, um, different, it, my, my intention behind all of that, the, the, the reason why I did it was ultimately because I wanted to help people. And so yeah. that's what I want to do is just at whatever capacity, whether it's speaking engagements or it's just being out in the community, volunteering more or, or whatever. I just, I just see myself just doing this, <laughs> just <laughs> shut it uh, up uh, until they put me under. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I didn't feel like I, I mean, as I don't expect this podcast to be on any charts or anywhere or anything, but like just to be able to help, I'm helping myself. I mean, let, let's be, let's be honest with both We're of helping each other. Like part of, part of us is just helping, helping ourselves, you know, with doing this sort of thing, but like just hearing somebody saying, you know, that, you know, that helped me or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, it makes it all like, this is what Jesus like wanted us to do right like as far as like helping others right that's what i thought it was about so right um what would you say to somebody that that wants to keep their faith or still wants to stay in the church but still they want to openly live a a a light there who they are like how because i know that faith is still important to to people even when that organization has turned their back on them yeah absolutely you know it's it's so funny because faith is a beautiful thing i still have faith i just Mm -hmm. don't believe in absolutism and i think that's Mm -hmm. the thing it's challenge challenge the things that are taught to you in your community and if they are contrary to your nature and who you are then get the hell out and find it there's there's so many lgbtq affirming churches out there you know different faith systems whether they be you know christian or muslim or hindu or or whatever but you know i actually i had a conflict of faith um, when i left the church because I had, I, I didn't mention this, but when I was, uh, when I was younger, I remember having a spiritual, hold on one second. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> I should have known better than to leave my door open in Los oh, Angeles. I, oh, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I had a conflict of faith. Um, and, and cause I was like, well, wait a second. I, I had this experience when I was younger of spirituality, like levitating above my head, my body and all that. And it took me about three or four years to really find it out. And it wasn't until I met my friend, she's Victoria in the book, but uh, her name is Alana. She's, she's open about that. Um, she's the one who taught me that, you know, cause like the, the two hardest things in leaving the faith altogether were, were prophecy and, and the spiritual gifts. Cause I was like, I knew I prophecy. It was like, oh my God, everything aligns Israel, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that stuff. 
I got over that because I was like, oh my God, you could literally take anything you could take, you know, from, from, um, uh, you know, Plato and, and, yeah. you know, and so that was, but the hardest thing was spiritual gifts. And my friend, she's a, uh, Alana, she's a energy healer. And so when I was introduced to her, I saw the gifts of the spirit in her in the secular context. And I was like, well, wait a second. And so, you know, that kind of started this evolution in me getting into faith. And so like, I, you know, I say astronomy, astronomy yeah. is my religion. Cause it's like, it's so vast. It's so, you know, it, we, we only know what we can comprehend. And I think what religion does is it says, okay, well, this is what we feel. Therefore we're going to put an absolute around it because it's, there's a lot of fear around, around what the unknown is. And so I think a lot of, of religion as opposed to faith is man's explanation of the unknown because of the, the, the fear of the unknown. So it's like, mm -hmm you know, don't deny those things. Don't deny the spiritual, the spiritual side of you. It's a beautiful thing. It's part of your identity, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, find, find that community, find that thing that, that makes you go, you know, look up at the stars and, and wonder what the fuck happens after this life and, and chase after that. <laughs> have you gone as when you were a, pa a pastor, have you gone back since that time and, and, reconciled with anybody like that maybe had gone through stuff that maybe like have they come to you or or have there been any communication whatsoever it's funny so when I left the church I um I ended up deleting all of my social media accounts all of that mm -hmm. I regretted it because I had a lot of that's where all my pictures were all that but now I'm like no I'm it, it, it was it was my way of protecting myself because I was like I know that these people and and I actually was told that people were trying to come after me in the sense of like, mm. you know, try to get me back into the fold. I actually recently, and especially on social media, um, there's, there's a couple families actually that reached out to me on and DM me. And they're like, we're just so proud of you. We left as well. You know, we, we can't fathom what, you know, happened. And, and so, yeah, so we're, we're reconnected, but no, the people that are still in the faith, still in the church, they're still very much, um, narrow-minded, mm -hmm. um, the characters in the book. I haven't spoke to them since I left. Um, I remember sending an email to the senior pastor um, shortly after I left because I met with the pastor that I reconnected with at, at my, my because like I left, I left the church that I was serving at. I ended up getting replugged into the church of my youth. And I met up with one of the pastors and he said, you know, you got to forgive him, blah, blah, blah. So I read him an email and that was the, that was the last time I ever heard from him. That was in 2012, 2013. Um, and then all these other characters too just never reached out again. So no, um, the, those who have left and have had their eyes opened have have reached out to me that I know of. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, so That's yeah, nice. <laughs> it That's is. Nice. But I must say that the people. So when I plug back into the church of my youth, there are three Christians in my life that I absolutely love, and I write about them in the book. Um, Scarlett, Emma, and Liam, titled in the book. And they're still my best friends today. Like yeah. they, they are the type of Christians that are not judgmental. They, they love and accept me as I am. They ask about my dates. They ask about, you know, and, yeah. and you know, so it's like, yeah. they're, they're out there. They're few and far between, but they're there. I have, <laughs> I have a few of those in my life and I've, I, I try, I try never to be critical within their earshot, but um yeah. it, you know but yeah i love them for who they are and uh yeah i think maybe in another life maybe i would have been somewhere around that too but you yeah. know certain things happen and put you in a different direction but yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um 
Oh, so what are you going to do personally, but also um, communally about a lot of the political fuckery that's going on? <laughs> very good question. Um, I'm I'm very politically engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I I try to stay connected. So I'm I'm part of a couple organizations here in Los Angeles, um, just staying up on the times and stuff. It's really hard because I think what what it is is it's motivating enough people to give an, enough fucks, you know. And yeah. it comes down to voting. I think that's you yeah. know, honestly like, I mean, you know, obviously like Republicans wouldn't be so um, so tenacious in in restricting the vote if they didn't know that they didn't understand the power of it. So. Yeah. I think staying engaged, staying, you know, politically involved in, and that means going out to not, a, not just the, the national elections, but also doing local elections and seeing what the, you know, cause that's, that's the tactic. I mean, the last 30 years, 30 to 40 years, Republicans have been infiltrating local elections and that's yep. why school boards are, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, even though they may be in liberal uh, districts, they're, they're controlled by not conservatives. Cause I have a respect for, for true conservatives, like the Lincoln project yeah. and all of that. It's these motherfuckers, these Trump people that are, you know, that are, 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 are shaping the laws and it's almost like their latch ditch, ditch effort in, in control. So it's like, they know that yeah. they are a dieting breed. Yep. Um, so they're going to try to control as much as possible. So if they can get people disengaged in the political sphere, I think that's their biggest success. So I think, you know, staying involved on that, I'm, I'm trying to, figure out ways to, to get involved. You know, it's hard in state elections, especially being in California and, you know, yeah. I absolutely love my state and, you know, and, and all the initiatives, but um, just, you know, supporting those organizations that are, are truly doing God's work and making sure that people are treated equally and fairly, regardless of sex, religion, you know, ident- yeah. any type of identity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard one because it, it is a personal one for me being a former Republican um, you know, I understand how much hate and vile is on that side right now. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they just create scapegoats and they, they create the boogeyman's and unfortunately right now it's in the form of CRT and, and homosexuals, yep. Yep. <laughs> LGBT yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that the ability you have growing up in that to hear the dog whistles when other people don't hear them and yeah. like you see what's going on is just a repeat of what they try to do, you know, satanic panic. And like, this is all like 2.0 and like people are buying into it. And like, I'm a big advocate of going to your local school board. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you don't speak just to show support for the minority of voices of sane people that are going to speak against the absolutely insane Mm -hmm. bullshit that's going on now. Yeah. And we live in a pretty, I wouldn't say liberal area, but I mean, it's pretty 50-50 split. And we had people at our school district reading off books that need to be banned at one of the last school board meetings. And it's like, it's beloved. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember the rest of them, but they were just insane. I'm just like, wow, this is not cool. You know, so I'm a big advocate of that. What's that? What happened to freedom of speech? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that only counts if it's something they agree in. So, right. Second so, Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I 
I've become more aware because of my child and mm. it sucks that, that it had to take that, you know, but yeah, it, it's, it, it became from becoming accepting to becoming an ally. Um, I love that. It was different, you know, because it went from, yeah, I don't like these people to, I can tolerate them to, okay, they deserve the same things I do, you yeah. know, yeah. to like, I love every single one of them. So let's, you know, let's, let's do this, you know? So it's like, it happens, but it just, I just wish it wouldn't have taken so long. Right. But I love that. And it, what a beautiful evolution. You know, I, I, I feel that way about the black community. I, you know, I was raised in very, very, a very white place. Mm -hmm. I didn't know black people. And it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles and specifically Inglewood, I ended up buying a condo in Inglewood and I realized I was like, wait, wait a second. Like we're, we're alike. We have family, you yeah. know, like everything. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, ignorance, ignorance in and of itself is, is not destructive. It's, it's the connotations that we carry mm -hmm. with that ignorance and continue to stay in ignorance. So it's like, you know, there's people out there that are choosing to not evolve. And those are the people that I will vehemently come against. Like these, you know, these pastors that I post on Instagram that are, you know, spouting off the F word in 2022, yep. you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, fuck those people. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I have no, no tolerance for them. But when, you know, there's some, I remember being in an Uber once and I was with two of my other gay friends and, you know, we were stereotypically being gay, you know, being catty or whatever and stuff. And, <laughs> and it, you know, it's like the guy turned to us and he's like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, offend you or anything, but he's like, you know, I kind of noticed that you guys are gay. And, 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 and one of my friends kind of like, like stiffened up because like, understandably, cause it's like, yeah. you know, but, but then it just led into this amazing conversation of how he was talking about his, his son and just saying like, I think he's gay and I, you know, I was raised Catholic and I don't know how to deal with that. And, you know, how do I love it? Let him know that I love him and accept him and, da, 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 and all this. And it was just this beautiful like example where it's like, we can't burn our allies. Like, you know, we you're have make, to, you can make me cry. That's like, <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> I'm sick of that. And I'm like, I'm just like, I think of my own son and I'm mm -hmm. just like, my wife went out and got me kids books Mm. to read to like help me break down of like why am I feeling like this like mm. with my child and like how do I accept him and how do I love him mm. and deal with those emotions that I'm not I it's uneasy for me you know yeah yeah and it's like I can admit that and it's like I just want him to know that I love him and yeah. sometimes it takes somebody i was a book called my shadow is pink mm. i think it was called mm, and i read that one i well up on the bed my wife's reading it to me and my son and i'm just weeping mm. and my son's like are you okay and i'm like i'm fine just give Aww. me a second you know <laughs> and and like it was just it's about a boy who has a shadow and it's pink but he tries to make it blue to fit in with everybody and Mm. And like, he's not happy. And he, his dad sees that he's sad and his dad's like this big burly giant man. And then yeah. like his, he's in the room and he throws his shadow away and he doesn't want it. And then 
the dad comes in and he's dressed all in pink and he's like, Aww. I love you no matter who you are and your shadow's pink and this one person's is purple and this one is green and mm-hmm. everybody has their own and it doesn't matter, you know. And it's beautiful. Mine's blue, That's... yours is pink yeah. and yeah. we're perfectly and I love you no matter what. So yeah. That's so um, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm... And that's, I love that. Like, and it's true. Cause it's like, it's like, it, you know, I feel like people feel like it's a threat if somebody's a different color and it's like, no, it's just, we're different and that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, it's like, and I think that comes back to the evolution where it's like, are we being better? Like, it's not about being a good person. It's about being better. And I've, mm-hmm. I, that's always been a motto of mine where it's like, fuck being a good person, because look at what good people did. You know, they, yeah. they segregated schools. They, you know, supposedly, you know, supposedly good people. It's like, no, <laughs> be better. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. like, yeah, I, I have a big, I have a big issue when, LGBT people come after true allies in that regard. Cause it's like, they're just trying to learn. They haven't been exposed to it. It's like, we got to be, we got yeah. to be more, you know, loving and, and accepting if, if, you know, as we are of ourselves, of those types yeah. of people, we shouldn't let the wolves in, but we yeah. should have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will, I, I will attack those people. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote a letter to my mother about my about my kids and basically told them to told her that this is the way my kids are and like but I was like I don't expect you to come along mm-hmm. and do the things that he is going to do and mm-hmm. accept them all mm-hmm. but I do expect you to show the same love to both of my children love that that you do the other ones yeah that's all I'm asking. It's beautiful. Never got the response back that I wanted, which is yeah. on her, not me. Yeah. You know, but I'm not expecting all these people, especially these older people to, to go from zero to a hundred. And, right. you know, I'm 40 and it took me 20 years, you know, to yeah. get to that point, you know, or, or 10, whatever the amount of, you know, so yeah, it's, I have a hard time keeping my patience too. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but th- thank you for saying that. I, I, cause I think it is important because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time we, and even I do it, we purposely butt heads with, with other people to get our point across rather than to understand that they're not in that position yet. Exactly. 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 So. And it just causes the division even more. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if we're asking people to be open-minded, like it, you know, again, there's a difference between somebody who, who just isn't there yet. And someone who doesn't want to be there, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, yeah. When, yeah. When you have the pastor up on stage, dropping the F word, right. He doesn't want to be there and he doesn't want his, his, his congregation there either. Right. So I understand. Yeah. That's, that's a dividing line. So, yeah. but yeah, um, I'm not expecting him to, jump on board you know but some of the people in this congregation they're like eh, that didn't feel good right right you know those right. are the people you kind of need to go after you know exactly so, exactly so, yeah so um i don't want to keep you all night but i really enjoyed talking to you i um, did too we did oh we did it stay in touch <laughs> yeah absolutely um <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of my son when I get off. Oh, please. I'm, pr- I'm so proud yes. of him. Um, 
and my other child. I I know I talk about my other one Aww. more than the other, but both of them make me so proud. Um, uh, where can we buy your book? Yeah, so um, it's it's on Amazon. I'm actually sneak peek. I'm uh, recording the audio book. Uh, so, oh, very cool. Yeah, very I'm, cool. I'm so excited. I'm almost done with it. Uh, my last session is hopefully this Saturday. Um, so I'll hopefully have that up and running. Uh, but yeah, so Amazon, but the best place is actually my website. It's cheaper there. Amazon kind okay. of messed up the, the pricing. But yeah, so yeah uh, mygaychurchdays.com. Um, and then you could also find links on uh, my social media, all of all of them at my gay church days. When when you read your audiobook, are you just gonna go off on tangents on little things here and there? Like it's just like, <laughs> hold on, I need to put this in there and just like go off on 10 minutes. Like, okay, I'm back. That's such a good idea. <laughs> I thought about doing that, but literally I get in that studio and I'm I freeze. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, like <laughs> I wanted there's so many times where I left the studio and I'm like, I wanted to elaborate on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a, maybe it could be like a Patreon exclusive or something. There that, you go. Ooh, funny. I like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So, After hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so before you go, do you have anything that you would like to, I mean, besides plug, because your book and your podcast and everything, anything you'd like to say to anybody that's maybe on the verge or, you know, either, progressively mind minded like accepting other people or if they're on the verge of like i need to come need to come out as myself yeah finally yeah yeah i mean honestly like i make myself accessible on instagram dm me mm -hmm. like i would okay. love to talk with you like i you know my thing is I, I don't want to be one of those people that, you know, kind of funnels everything, you know, it doesn't look mm -hmm. at the end. Like I want to be accessible. I, you know, if, if you want to talk, you want to, you want to vent, you want to, you know, send me, send me a message and I'll answer it when I can. But you got back to me right away. I was <laughs> because you're right. Because Instagram is so weird. Like there's people that I'm like, Oh, I'd love to have them on a podcast and I'll, I'll message them. And I don't get anything back. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. you, you and a couple other people write back right away. So yeah. I really appreciate that. Not just like that just kind of proves your point that, you know, yeah, you are open and accessible right away. <laughs> you got back to me within like, within like 30 minutes, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. I just love seeing people that aren't, that I don't, you know, like that I, yeah. I that I haven't seen before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? Like, <laughs> It excites me. So no, if yeah, you're on the verge, you want to talk, you you need it, you know, I had I had somebody tell me like, literally message and message and message. I obviously I can't respond as quickly or, or yeah. as detailed. But you know, I just love hearing other people's stories. And I'm here for you. I love you guys. You know, I'm we're in this together. The whole heart and soul behind this book is to really bring people together and bring our community closer and feel safe. And that's what I want. So that's why that's why I go after these motherfuckers who who try to come for our community. And that's why I'm loving with people who, who don't. <laughs> have, have you got any uh, hate messages at all or anything? Yes, I actually. So I actually ended up I, I was I. I have a haters on my, if you go to my profile on Instagram, I have a haters one and, and you'll see my progression. I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to interact with these people. They literally just throw Bible verses at me, all this yeah. shit. 
And so I was like, so I turned it off. I turned off commenting for people who don't follow me. So it's like, if you have something okay. to say, you need to follow me. That's pretty okay. much what, you know, like that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome. I'm not dealing with these bots and. Bullshit yeah. artists. Yeah. Bullshit. Thank yeah. you. I was trying to yeah. find another yeah. B. Fucking assholes. There you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. You, you've been awesome. Um, I, I say this to everybody that comes on, but I am, I'm really proud of you. It takes a lot to come out of that whole system and it's doubly hard to come out as gay or trans or whatever out of that system. And I'm, I'm proud of you coming out the way you did and the fact that you're helping others. Thank so you. I really appreciate it. Well, thank so. you for giving us a platform too and what you're doing. I, I, so appreciate that too. So thank you. Yeah. As a straight white male, I know I take up a lot of space, you know? No, I <laughs> love it's your... like, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you're using it for good. Yeah. I'm trying to. So, but it. yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you to George for coming on again. Um, I know I keep saying that, but uh, I really appreciate his time and his effort and his energy into not just coming on, but doing his book and his podcast and his Instagram account and everything else he does. Uh, go follow him. Uh, go buy his book. Um, yeah, do all that. Support him. Support his efforts. Support the Tre Trevor Project. Um, they're a great organization, and uh, they're going to be needed very much so uh, in the upcoming future and fight for equality so with that you can follow me at Chaz X Cure or 17 underscore seconds you can listen to my other podcast The Holy Hour where Gavin and I talk all things Cure related yes that's the band The Cure and then when you're done with that podcast you can listen to Donovan's other podcast Laughing With You Not At You he needs to do some more episodes with his wife but uh, it's called Laughing With You Not At You, and they talk mental health issues and parenting issues. You can uh, give your love to Chrissy. She's uh, still with her family and um, got our support. Um, hope you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, go read George's book. Hey, we just plugged a book. Go read George's book. There you go. Um and yeah until then uh peace be with you and with your uh spirit airlines and uh everybody say i like my looks i like my personality <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>